Ask the Podcast Coach for August 27th, 2016. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It is Saturday morning. And it is time to get your podcast questions answered live. Welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. And joining me right there, the one and only, he mixes everything with love and makes the world taste good. It's uh, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. It's always good to be back on a Saturday. And, uh, of course, we take your calls and your questions. It's only fun when you join us. So spend some time this morning. Put on a shirt. Comb your hair. Yeah. Join us on Ask the Podcast. Yeah, I uh, I kind of scarred um, Chris Kermitzos from uh, The Messenger. He's the, the one that he's like, hey, can we do a quick call on Skype? And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's lunchtime. I can do this. And, uh, didn't even think about it and hit go. And I, there I am with no shirt on. He's like, wow, I can't unsee that man. He's like, so, uh, yeah, you might want to put a shirt on before yeah. you, yeah. before you jump on camera. Just saying. So we do a chat room. We are here every Saturday morning at 1030 Eastern standard time. Just go to ask the slash live. And, um, we sit here and talk podcasting. And I uh, had a, an interesting question. I went out, I always scour the, uh, the different groups on Facebook. And it's an interesting question. This was from Jennifer, I'm going to say Navarrete, said, I had a client pose an interesting question to me today. And it's, this is one of the things I think people really worry about. Is there a way to turn off comments and ratings for podcasts in iTunes and Google Play? And of course, the answer to that is no, no way. And I... Uh, I recently did a, a presentation at uh, PodCamp Pittsburgh, and I went in and saw where I had over 11 years now, I have four one-star reviews, and um, I, I took that and multiplied it or divided it by the number of downloads, and it turned out to be 0.0003% of the people that have listened to my show felt moved to get off and actually write a negative review. So it's one of those things that... Um, I think we worry about, and that's, that's my question today. I am worried about this from, from me and I, I need your opinion on this, Jim. I, I don't want to become, there's, there's one extreme where people overthink everything. Like they want to know, well, well, this one has, I have two cables. This one has a red and black one on the tip of it. And this one's another quarter inch. It's the same thing, but this one doesn't have the red and black on it. Is this okay? And I get that because they don't want to make mistakes, but I'm just like, wow, you're, you're way overthinking it. Does that make sense? You've seen people like they're hyper that a little bit of a maximizer syndrome, right? Where you're always constantly trying to, to hope that you have the best. I think it's a little fear. It's like almost a playoff of FOMO, but you're the fear of not having the right stuff or not having the right thing. What is FOMO? FOMO, the fear of missing out. Oh, I thought that was like a character out of Lord of the Rings. FOMO, tell me where the ring is. It's a good one. No, it'd make a good character. Little Hobbit. Hey, FOMO. <laughs> no, that fear of missing out, right? That's a big, um, and, and the internet drives that, uh, has really highlighted that. And it, it's what drives scarcity marketing, mm-hmm. right? That's the FOMO. It's like, oh, if I don't get this now, it's going to go away. So I think there's a maximizer syndrome in this where people want, they, they just keep, that's why they keep testing new microphones. That's mm-hmm. why they keep trying different things. And that's, it's all fine. Right. But it's, it, you know, now my worry is you want to do that. I think sometimes I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm just like, just jump into the pool. Just quit worrying about it. And, uh, 
and I don't, am I too much on that side? I mean, I'm always like, here's the things you want to avoid, but in the end, just, just, would you just start? Cause I, I heard somebody today, they said, I'm having a hard time getting out of pre-launch. And I'm like, it's really easy. You hit publish, you upload and go. And it was just like, ah, what's your audience say? What do you think? What kind of feedback do you get from them? From well, if yeah, from your audience like do they say to you, Dave? You're not you're you, I haven't you go yet. too fast. You go to I mean, I think there's some things you've publicly admitted. Like you haven't checked your show notes closely enough before oh, you release them, yeah. right? You've just pushed because you're doing a million things, right? right? I think with the two audio incidents of the last couple weeks, oh, right? Man. You said to yourself, ah, if I had just checked these things, yeah. it would have been right. So do you probably err on the side? And I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. It's a thing, right? So I think you err on the side of producing, of activating in some way, of getting things out there versus waiting until they're absolutely perfect. Right, yeah. Yeah, that you know, is I a good point. When you're making yeah. mistakes that make you look bad, that's when you're not thinking enough and you're not crossing your yeah. T's. And But your listeners, I hear them say they appreciate your you being authentic. Yeah, that's true make mistakes like that, right? It gives you an opportunity to say, hey, look, here's a perfect example of why you check your whole file before you send out, why and, you look at this, why you do this, right? They're, 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 and, and, and why I get you it. listen are, to it. <laughs> I get it. There's perfectionists out there who yeah. will say to you, Dave, I can't listen to you because, I, you know, you're the podcast guy and I expect you to have all your stuff in order. Well, you know what? You have an audience that appreciates that transparency. And so you've gathered people to yourself that are going to, are going to appreciate that. And the rest can go listen to some other podcast. So you're never going to listen. It's this whole thing. You're never going to make everybody happy. You're not, you're not, you've got to find your niche and find your audience and find your peeps. And when you find those peeps, uh, you know, continue to do what you think is best. I still think, I mean, that you could improve on those things. There's things you could put in place, right. To make sure that doesn't happen again. Cause you don't, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? So yeah. it shouldn't happen again. <laughs> right? no. Yeah, exactly. And my favorite was the first episode that had the mistake. I didn't even look at the file, which would have shown this massive space at the end of it. So the next week I looked at the file. I didn't listen to it. And had I listened to it, I would have said, oh, wow, I'm playing the exit music over the intro. That doesn't make any sense. And then yeah. here's the thing I noticed. If I didn't talk about that and just went back and fixed the file, Yes, the first whatever 30 people that downloaded the show got the mistake. But if you don't talk about it, the future people will never know you made a mistake. And that's when I went, I got to get, I should maybe quit talking about my mistakes because that makes them permanent. So it would, it does. And then, you know, you, you'll find sometimes we talked about this kind of idea of scarcity too. Uh, someone will post on the Facebook page the mistake and you're like, oh, yeah, I already fixed it. And then people are like, oh, I didn't hear that. I yeah. want to. I want to hear the mistake. Can can you release the one with the mistake again? So I can, you know, it's it's a, it's an odd thing. But I think um, we all have our unique signature, mm. so to speak, when we come to podcasting. And Dave, you've attracted a bunch of people who like your authentic kind of uh, down to earth uh, style of podcast coaching. And they're all out in the chat room right now, stacked up. They come out, you know, 25 or 30 of them come out every Saturday morning to hear you <laughs> talk about that stuff. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, now, can you be better? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Can you be learning from those mistakes? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was actually, I got very happy this morning. I, I got a lot of things going on. Number one, I'm now under 191 pounds. So that's cool. I, I Now, technically I'm at 190.6. So if we round up, but I'm like, no, I saw a zero on the scale. I'm taking 190. 
And um, even though it was on its way up. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about the fact that in a couple of years, some of the shows I do now, I'm not going to do anymore. Like I'm going to quit doing the weight loss show. I'm going to quit doing a couple other ones. I'm killing Jillian Michaels. I'm killing the marketing musician podcast that, cause it's weird when, even if you don't do the show, the fact that it's there taunting you. And I was like, no, I'm going to get those off my plate just to quit distracting me. And uh, I was listening to, um, the real Brian this morning who did, um, yeah, that sounds weird. I'm killing Jillian Michaels. Yeah. I'm killing the Jillian Michaels podcast. There you go. And, um, <laughs> I don't think I could kill you. I mean, she's short, but man, I bet she packs a, a punch. She's tough as nails, man. Yeah. She's tough as nails. And uh, so that was, that was uh, something I was like, this is going to be cool. I'm going to have a, a lot more free time. And I was listening to The Real Brian, and he was explaining how he shut down ProfitCast, mainly because he said all there is to say, and he doesn't want to do it anymore, which I thought was great. He's like, he's like I'm, uh, I'm going to do the re- – he really wants to do The Real Brian show. And he doesn't have a business plan. He doesn't know how it's going to work. He, he's trying to get sponsors for it before it even launches, and he's going to do Patreon. And But doggone it, he would rather do the Real Brian show. And I was like, well, good on you. You know, go ahead and, yeah. and do that. So and well, he, think about a guy like Dan Patrick, mm-hmm. right, for ESPN. Think of the – we've watched Dan Patrick go from a ESPN Sports Center guy mm-hmm. to then ESPN um, pivoted. And, and uh, kind of a more of a host on that covering things and then his own radio show and then his own podcast and now a podcast radio show. And he, he is re- his, Dan Patrick's a guy that's reinvented himself several times in the in the industry and the way he's doing it. And then, you know, I think I think he did some Olympic coverage. I think he was there. I think he worked for NBC for some of the Olympic stuff. So it's I don't Dave, to your point, I think this is the I think we talked about seasons last week. This is where seasons are good because you have this natural conclusion. And if you need to cut it off, you can kind of close it up. And I mean, the guys in Hollywood aren't dumb. I mean, they know how to do this media stuff. Right. right. And, and if they thought uh, a TV show that just started and had 250 episodes in it without any kind of breaks, they thought that was a good idea. They'd be doing it that way. But they wrap it up into seasons. And so for you, as we think about just closing down your, your podcast, or those certain podcasts, I think it's a great idea. We grow, we change, right? You're right. I'm, I've said to you about this show sometimes, you know, we're, we're in the hundreds, right? I think this okay. is episode 139, I believe. How many more, <laughs> how, we, we really talk about the same things every week. We do. Right? But the difference is that we have the audience and and we have each other and it's just a ton of fun, right? We're still having fun with it. The second right. this stops being fun for you, I want you to call me and say, Jim, it's over. <laughs> not do this anymore. Oh, the, cl- so, the clamor cast is another one that's going away. I'm going to, I'm going to contact those guys. Great idea, by the way, though. I mean, great idea to start the clamor cast. Yeah. I think that was a, a super good risk mm-hmm. to take because it could have done something. Now, Clamor itself hasn't done anything, right? I mean, they launched and they've got some users, but it's sitting in that weird primordial soup of of web stuff that really doesn't hasn't really gone anywhere. I still get the same 35 every time I put something out there, I get the same 35 views. Yeah. So, you know, you're kind of like, well, we try, I I did the same thing with uh, Silicon Prairie News Minute. We tried this 4-minute podcast. And I thought, well, let's give it a try. Well, man, we got 250, 300 listeners. Mm-hmm. We were both like, eh, for the time we're putting into this, let's just shut it down. So I think that's good. And, and the beauty of that, of course, was no one will punch you in the face. Right. Nobody punched you in the face when you shut it down. And uh, I know Stargate Pioneer loves Clamor. 
And I know Troy Heinrichs uses Clamor a lot as a tool. Um, yeah, and I've been do I've been using it more. Yeah, uh, great tool. I just not sure it's giving the impact that um, I think we all were hoping for of thousands of new listeners. I don't use Clamor for what it's designed. It's designed for me to open it up and consume a bunch of content there quickly, right? Kind of a in the same way that when I open up a, an RSS reader and I'm checking the headlines, Clamor is kind of the um, the headlines, you know, here's 20 seconds of a couple podcasts. If you want to dig in deeper kind of thing, I don't use it for that. I used to, I just, now I just, I know the podcasts I want to listen to and I go listen to those in, instead. But I, yeah. even, even Brian this morning, I was listening to it. He said, I'm shutting it down. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's bittersweet. He goes, but who knows? I might bring it back later, but I'm just saying right now I'm going to quit doing it. And, and he did something very smart. He set up a website over at, uh, I think it's just realbrian.com or it might be the real Brian. And he's got a, an email list over there going. And he said it's going to be launching sometime in September. So he's telling people where to go. So if you want to keep following Brian, you can, as opposed to just, Hey, I'm leaving and, uh, you know, have fun finding me. Google me. It's like he's telling people, Hey, if you want to keep following me and I am, I'm going to go over and check it out. It, I, it's, I'm not quite sure what the real Brian show is going to be. He keeps talking about how it's going to be inspirational and, motivational and I'm like, okay. So, and, um, he said it was interesting because he doesn't have, he doesn't have a business plan for that. Besides the fact that he wants some sponsors and probably Patreon and he does want it to, to help pay some bills. And he said, now on the other hand, he said he had a, like every T crossed, every I dotted for profit cast and it just didn't happen. And he goes, and that's really the bottom line to podcasting. Sometimes you could have the best plan in the world. It just didn't, Wrong time, yeah. wrong whatever, you know. Yeah, material only gets you. We say this all the time, I think, that, you know, you got to have great content. And I do think that's true. But I also, I think personality is the next, you know, so that's the first stage. And then you have to be able to draw people to you and create kind of that fandom following that goes, that that can spread out beyond you. If you think of the guys like, and you think of a Dave Ramsey or you think of, a, well, we think of the guys, uh, Michael Hyatt or a John Lee Dumas in the podcasting space. By the way, when I say those names, Michael Hyatt and John Lee Dumas to my friends, they still have no idea who, the, who those people are. We think they're the, oh. the, the cat's meow. My friends, the, the friends I hang and they're fairly savvy. They have no idea who those guys are. So it's funny that, you know, we think of them as the pinnacle of podcasting, but really nobody outside of a podcasting really knows who they are. So just be careful how much you idolize and who you idolize from that standpoint. But I can jump in here. You're talking about, you know, things that people don't understand or don't know. Um, Miss Eileen didn't know who Matt, not Matt Patrick, um, the guy, because Matt Packer is the guy. He's Matt Patrick in the waking crew, the guy on ESPN, Dan Dan Patrick, Patrick, didn't know he was. Um, I didn't know what FOMO was. I'm going to play a clip. There's a singer in the, I'm going to say late nineties, Tori Amos, I'm not sure exactly when she was. She had a great album, uh, Little Earthquakes. I loved it. And she was kind of mysterious because she talked about things. You're always kind of like, I wonder what Tori is talking about. And this is one of those things I've now added. I say, you need to make people laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. There is one other option. And that is if you get them confused, they might listen. Like I'm watching the TV show, Mr. Robot. I still don't understand what the heck I'm watching. But I tune in every week thinking, well, maybe this week it'll make sense. And then at the end of every week, I'm like, I got to quit watching this. It's wasting my time. But here is Tori Amos explaining part of one of the reasons. This is why I love Tori Amos. If you go to uh, Spotify, you know, have that have that stuff that um, the behind the scenes of the the song, the, the storyteller. So this is Tori explaining 
one of her songs. So there are all kinds of creatures that come up on the Indian River. And I was out there looking, convinced that I was seeing something that I hadn't seen before. Um, and I'd been reading about the seal women who have dual lives, a seal family and then a human family. So she's explaining the song. And at the end of it, you go, I still, the what, the who? And so that is something that, uh, yes, I loved Cornflake Girl, Little Earthquakes, uh, Me and a Man and a Gun on My Back. That was a rather interesting tune. Love her voice. Um, she has this just phenomenal, easily wrecked, but I have no idea. So after three albums of buying Tori Amos CDs and going, what the heck is she singing about? And when I finally heard her explain her songs, I went, oh, that's easy. She's, um, she's crazy. She's, I don't know what she's talking about. And she's, um, you know, still very talented, but I, you have to be careful. Uh, Eric and I just did a podcast review show for the H2 Oh, three H two humans, and it, it was interesting because we were both lost in, you know, there's the yellow zone and the pink zone, and I'm like, is this a weird porn thing that I should? Is this code for you know? Was really and both of us, she lost me in the first eight minutes. The show was two and a half hours long, and I, the whole time I was just like, I, I, you know, and she's yeah. very passionate about being in the now and thinking now and but it was um you got to be careful with your jargon sometimes yeah yeah well it's i, I remember what i was going to say uh you know as podcasters oftentimes the next level is is the personality like a dave ramsey or or like right. uh you know these guys where they begin to to people this fandom begins to create and then that sharing goes out and so you know, I've said this before. Dave Ramsey really only has about seven things that he says. It's That's the it. same things over. But he has this personality that draws people to him. And uh, and so why is he more popular? There's plenty of money guys. This is kind of what reminded me with ProfitCast. There's plenty of money guys out there. The trick is uh, to be Dave Ramsey size. You've got to have, you know, you got to, and only, few, only a few are going to get there, by the way. I mean, it's, we're not all going to be able to do it. Um, you, you've got to, you got to be able to have that personality that draws people to you. And it's not a, a most, some of a lot of the most popular people that are out there doing these, these have the big numbers, by the way, aren't, it's, it's not like they can reach everybody or talk to everybody or have a relationship with everybody and not everybody really likes them. Uh, they're sometimes they're not nice people. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I you just, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is be careful what you wish for when you're in the niche and you're reaching thousands of people as opposed to hundreds of thousands of people, you still have an opportunity to engage your audience in a way where you can do it personally. That's it. People tune in for the host. You know, yeah, they do. They that, do. It's your personality. They're drawn to. Yeah. And yeah. if you think about um, restaurants, you know, how many different ways can you cook a burger? You know, but people are opening up new restaurants all the time and some of them make them and some of them don't. And, that whole nine yards. So, hey, I got a because of my podcast story. You want to hear it? Oh, beautiful. Hold on. Let me hit a marker. Beautiful. All right. So, many of you know that I have been podcasting for Gallup for the last three years, and we've been building a podcast network there. And, and we have three, four, let's say four podcasts now that are going. And 
I spend a ton of time doing that. You know, I'm in during the day. I do, we do a couple podcasts during the workday. I oftentimes go in at night. I go in a couple Monday nights a month to sometimes at nine, sometimes at midnight to do those podcasts. Spend a lot of time on my weekends online, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, talking to people, engaging my audience, working with them. And my, our audience are these strengths coaches that we have um, around the country, around Strengths Finder. We have a couple thousand of them certified and probably five or six thousand of them who have taken our training and are not certified yet. And it's my job to make sure they have all the information they need. And so we created these web, we call them webcasts, it's professional development. That's really what I call it now. For them, these are I, every Friday when we get on for a call to coach, the name of the show, I say, this is an hour of professional development for you. So we've kind of pitched them that way. Well, so yesterday, you know, at once a month at Gallup, we do what's called R&R. It's recognition and roundtable and opportunity f- to recognize people. We give out all stars and royal stars and we have all these awards. We, we believe at Gallup, you can't recognize enough. Like you can't over-recognize somebody. So we do a lot of recognition. And so yesterday, MVP of the company of the Omaha Riverfront, which is most of the company, MVP, uh, I got the award yesterday for all the webcast and social work that... That we did a nice, some nice recognition for that, you know, stand up for a company and award, which is sitting on my desk. I wish I could, nice. should have brought it home so I could hold it up for you guys. But some great recognition for the company and some awesome feedback from people, you know, then afterwards people come around and say, you know, we've been watching. This is the crazy thing. When I first started it, people inside the company were wondering, you know, what the hell is that guy doing? Like, <laughs> should he be doing that? <laughs> you know, it was, it was weird. It was different when I started doing it for the company. And now people are like man, I watch your theme Thursdays all the time, or we're showing them on a big screen. There's 20 people coming on Thursdays for this meetup and we're showing your theme Thursdays and we're, you know, we have a companion guide that goes along with it. And, and which is another whole nother thing in itself. If you can create stuff to go with your podcast, that's pretty cool. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was validating to, you know, I mentioned we, when we had our summit a couple of weeks ago, month or so ago now, middle of July, um, I got mobbed in the, you know, we had this reception and I could not, I couldn't even make it to the bar. There You're was like the Beatles, every man. I, every time I would turn, <laughs> someone would literally step in front of me and say, I want to talk to you for just a minute. Right. And I think now these are, these are my peeps, right? These are my, this is, this is my audience. I don't walk around Omaha and that happens to me. It has to be a very specific group uh, where that does that, but some nice recognition uh, for that yesterday and, and some nice validation that, yeah, and this is a work thing. Like, so this is podcasting at work and being recognized by the, the entire company for the work that we did in podcasting. So pretty cool. That is awesome. And the, the beauty of that is anytime I ever had to learn a new program when I was teaching in classrooms, you know, and I learned QuickBooks and I've never used QuickBooks, but I learned QuickBooks because they needed somebody to teach it. And I was like, okay, this makes me more valuable to the company. And Hey everybody, it's 1055. And, um, so, um, that uh I put my phone on whatever, but I, uh, you know, I would learn a new piece of software to make me hopefully more valuable to the company. And that's the cool thing is if, you know, things go bad at your job and they're like, well, we could lose, you know, this or we could let Jim go. Or they're like, oh, we can't let Jim go because he's the podcast guy. That would be that it just. Yeah, it helps. It's just been awesome. Well, so one of the gals took a picture uh, of the with me in the award. She's like, "We got to post this to Facebook right now." And so she, I you know, hold up the award. She takes a picture. She posts it into our group. We have a Facebook group with about seven thousand, uh, sixty five hundred people in it. And uh, I had two hundred and fifty comments or two hundred and fifty nice. bits of interaction of some kind. 
in there within, you know, in the last 24 hours. And uh, lots of recognition from those folks, because it's my job to serve those guys, right? My job is to make sure they have all the information they need. They're taught in a way that keeps them consistent, that at a moment's notice, they can get to the resources they need when they need them and those kinds of things. And so it was, hey, I said, guys, it's just, it's a pleasure to serve you guys. And by the way, I have a great team around me because at Gallup, it's not just me. It's not like I'm a solo podcaster right. in the sense where I'm doing everything. I have a video guy. I've got two gals that do the blogs. I have a blog uh, manager who makes sure we have great content that's on there. I've got a social media director. I've got all kinds of people that do it. I happen to be the one out front. And this is, I think, the 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 the, the uh, unintended consequences of being the person on the mic, you become the face of things. And so uh, people start, then, you know, I get emails, I get two or three emails a day from listeners. who are like, hey, can you answer this question for me? Can you answer that question for me? So when you're in your niche, you're doing it well, it's working well. Um, it can be very, very powerful. However, it's a ton of work. <laughs> like I, I do not want to, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I, we, Dave, you, we see these, I saw you answer somebody on the Facebook group and how do I grow an audience? You work hard. Yeah. Like if, if I give up, I mean, I have given up a ton of things to be home on a Friday night working for the podcast or Saturday mornings to work for a podcast. Or, I mean, most of my weekend is working on or for a podcast. That's what I've chosen to do. I come home at night. I work on my podcast. And so it's, if you're going to, if you're starting this, if you're going to start doing something like this, count the cost and make sure you're willing to, and you can put the necessary work that's in. I've, I'm, I'm tweeting people, Dave, till the time I go to sleep at midnight. And then the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I grab my phone and I see what went on overnight. Right. That's and it. I don't do that because I have to. I do that because I want to. But well, it's a t you, you got to be willing to commit if you want that, if you want those kinds of results. I was watching uh, Valerie Geller. I quote her often. She's the person that said there is no such thing as as too long, only too boring. And um, she has the book Beyond Powerful Radio. And uh, I watched uh, it. Was, it wasn't a TED talk, but it was a TED talk. It was called something else. It was a 20 minute talk over in the UK. And she said, the problem with every industry is the people who are really good at it. Think about Tiger Woods, uh, make it look really easy. And it's not, it's a lot of work. I remember there's a guy named Jeff Healy and he's blind and he plays the guitar. He plays, he's dead now, unfortunately, but he, uh, he played the guitar on his lap. So instead of, I hate doing visual stuff on a podcast, but instead of playing the guitar this way, where you can see the frets, he played it flat. And the cool thing was he played it. Um, he then got to use his thumb because normally the thumb is behind the neck. Well, this is, is almost like playing a piano, only it was a guitar. And it looked so incredibly easy. And I remember I went and saw him at this little club in Cleveland and went home and put the guitar on my lap. And it was like, wait, how does he wait? Was he doing that? And uh, it was like amazing. Same thing. There's a guy named Stanley Jordan that plays with both hands and he he can actually play the kind of the accompaniment with his left hand, and then he'll play the melody with his right. And it looks super easy. And then you go home and it just sounds like, what? Well, how did he do that? It's amazing. Tons of work. Tons of work. Tons of work and talent, right? I mean, it's really working in that is your talent, your raw talent. Not everybody's got the talent to necessarily do. Well, everybody has the talent to do it their way, by the way. You know, if you're, you may not have the right talent to do it my way, 
Dave, I definitely don't have the right talent to do it your way. Like you are, you, you do it your way. <laughs> right. And I do it mine. We're, that's why we're different, right? But you have the talent to do it your way. So that talent times experience, right? That talent time effort, that talent times investment is really the right way to say it. Investing that time in it. You take the talent and you take the time, invest those two together. And that outcome is, is those, the week in Gallup, we call that your strengths, right? Those are the things that you do and you do really, really well. So, I just, there's no shortcut. I, I get, I, I'm sensing in the, in the podcast group, right? Folks want to come in. I created it. I'm 30 in, you know, why am I not? What, what are you doing? You know, how are you, how are you, and you said it, you, you outlined it. I think you probably have a document now. It's kind of a cut and paste, right? It's go where your audience is. I should. You know, the, yeah, you really should. Cause we say these things over and over again. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how you were getting, you know, mobbed at your, your business event and, um, you know, people always joke and say, well, Dave, you're the Dave Jackson. You are the Jim Cullison. And when I talk to, I'm going to hold this up to the screen here, Alyssa Dare. Come on. There we go. Um, I met her podcast movement and uh, she does a strengths kind of finder, kind of unofficial podcast. And I said, um, and I brought up your name and she's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, I could probably introduce you to, and she's like, you could, you could do that. And I still need to do that. Um, but um, so that's one of those things that, it's like holy cow! It's the Jim Cullison man. You're you're the man in the StrengthsFinder world. Well, in that in that in that niche, yeah. right? In that niche, and, and I'm the face, right? I just I am more willing to be out there than other people are. That's that's the only difference is that I hustle. I hustle every every time somebody hits the ball. I hustle to the I hustle to the ball. So I get more opportunities to be in front of people because I hustle to the ball. And so it's yeah. There's no shortcut. You know, it's just, there's just no way around it. There, there is, you can, I mean, you can pay for this, right? Marketing, you can buy marketing that does this for you. So you always say you're going to pay in time or money. That's it. And you can, there are some folks who have done tremendous marketing jobs who have built their name on marketing. And that's another way of doing it, but you're going to pay for it. That's a paid for, and you got to have really a lot of skill in that area of marketing. And it doesn't always work. I've seen plenty of people pay for marketing that doesn't go anywhere. Exactly. Smart marketing. You got to know where your audience is and then put your message out in front of them and uh, that whole nine yards. We probably should mention, if you're watching live in the bottom right-hand corner-ish, you have a little picture of a camera. If you uh, click on that, you can uh, come on in and uh, ask your question or give us a last five and five, or if you got it because of my podcast story, we will take all of those. Don't be shy. And uh, you can get your questions answered here live. Had another one here. Um, this is from Sean Ray. And he says, uh, I think I did this once before when I changed services, but I really don't remember how I did it. I currently use Spreaker to host. I'm planning to move my files this weekend to archive, meaning archive.org, and create an RSS feed through FeedBurner from a WordPress blog. My question is, how do I get iTunes to change the RSS feed that uh, they currently have to the new one so that I don't lose any subscribers? I know that Stitcher was very easy before because I just sent them an email and they did it with no problem, but iTunes support is always hard to deal with. And my advice to Sean was, no, Jeffrey, uh, in the chat room, um, said change it in Podcast Connect. That is, I'm sorry, uh, that is the wrong answer. And here's why. Um, but good guess, by the way. Here's, here's your current audience is looking at, let's call it feed number one. And if you go into iTunes and say, here's feed number two, 
your past audience doesn't get the note. They don't get the, hey, I moved. You need to do a change of address. So in his case, he's using Stitcher. Now, first of all, I wouldn't do this plan. Moving to archive, archive.org is not made to be a podcast host. And FeedBurner just flat out stalls every now and then. It just goes, and you got to go over and go, hey, wake up, wake up. Meanwhile, people are going, hey, man, do you know you haven't had an episode out for three weeks? And you're like, yes, I did. And Stitcher's just like, oh. I'm going to take a nap. And they quit looking at your stuff. So, because if you change Podcast Connect to say, here's the new feed, it doesn't update your old subscribers. So what you need to do is in Stitcher, in Stitcher, in uh, Spreaker, in Libsyn, in Blueberry, those are the and, and Podbean for that matter. Those are the four I recommend. And the reason for that is because you can go in and say, there's a place to put the new, it's behind the scenes, it's a new feed tag for iTunes to say, hey, be sure to let all your old subscribers know we're going over there. And if you don't do that, then they don't get the message. So um, you need to put in that new feed URL. So in PowerPress, you go to iTunes and you'll see there's a iTunes new feed URL. When you click on that, it goes, hey, this is, uh, do, do you know what you're doing? And you have to say, yes, I do. In uh, Libsyn, you go to settings, edit your Libsyn classic feed, go to advanced, and you'll see where there's a, a place to put in a redirect, and then you add the new feed tag there. So you need to do the new tag thing and do that. But if you're if you're going to a WordPress site, I would use, well, first of all, I wouldn't use archive.org and use one of those four. You're use, I would just stay where you're at at this point. I would say just stay with Spreaker, go that route. If you're going to move to WordPress, if you're just, if I'm leaving Spreaker and maybe you're going to self host, which I don't recommend, um, then use the PowerPress feed and just make sure to keep all your plugins up to date, lose any plugins that you don't use and always have a backup. But I, I would not, I would just stay away from FeedBurner. I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal until I started working at Libsyn and it causes some really bizarre, especially if you turn on the thing where it tracks, uh, the, um, the download. So we're going to bring Mike in here, who is uh, customer support over at Blueberry. He's going to chime in on probably stay the heck away from uh, feed burner as well. And uh, the new feed thing, but yeah, it's, and uh, here he comes. There he is. And Whoa, uh, no headset and in a different location. Yeah. I've never seen you outside. I never thought you left the basement. There. <laughs> I left my basement. Are you hearing me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay. a camera mic, but I think we're good. Yeah, I'm using the camera mic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm on a Linux machine, too, so that's what? probably a first. Can you podcast on Linux? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say the 301 redirect is uh, the absolute best way to change your feed at iTunes and everywhere else. Because uh, the you know if you just put the iTunes new feed URL in there, that just fixes iTunes. Yeah, and that just fixes uh, you know the iTunes subscribers, but it doesn't really take care of some of the other apps out right. there. The Android world. Yeah, yeah, and that's so, why. Yeah, it's, and, you, and then when when I did my last URL change for that for a feed change, I kept the old feed going for about eight or nine weeks to just in case for whatever reason someone didn't get the update, they could still get it. And then I put a, uh, I put a audio file in the old feed that said, Hey, okay, we've been doing this a while now. I need you to move over. Here's the link over here to get it done. Do it. Even doing that, I still had a hundred or so people who did not change who were still downloading it. Now those could have been automatic downloads to a, you know, a player or whatever, but that's, I, I just did that to make sure my customers were still getting the right audio. 
you know, what I've helped somebody do once is they were moving over to Libsyn and we went to their Libsyn feed and put in the new feed URL that then pointed at Libsyn and then did a 301. So the 301 pointed their old one to the Libsyn one. iTunes sees the new feed that says, hey, look at this feed, which is me. So we redirected it to itself and that was a super easy fix in that way. And then we just left the, the 301 in there because it doesn't, that's the other, they're like, well, do I, should I remove that? I'm like, it's not hurting anything. You know, if your website's redirecting it, just let it, who cares? You know, just if somebody six months from now hits your old feed, they, they found their old phone or whatever it is. As far as I know, leaving a 301 redirect in does not hurt anything. So Mike, do you know anything about that? There's no, no downside to having a 301, is there? No, not really. The the thing I've noticed with, you know, me working at Blueberry now full time yeah. is a lot of people will put in a 301 to a feed that already has it back to the feed that they 301 from. Oh, yeah. The old and loop. then you get to, you get this loop where, you know, well, how come I have 74 episode 15 on my uh, on my feed? And, and you know, that that'll happen sometimes. Uh, but yeah, no, I, you know, leave it in there as long as you can, uh, as far as the 301. Yeah. Doesn't and then that new feed URL uh, tag does not hurt anything either. Yeah. But you, it's so. a great point. It's, we all get focused on that. And you're like, there is this thing called Android that we should probably be caring about as well. And that's where the 301 comes into play. And if you don't know how to do that, just ask your web host, depending on, you know, what you're doing. I had somebody yesterday that were hand coding their, their XML feed. And I was like, really? Wow. Okay. And uh, which is easy to to then put the code in, but uh, for the new feed, but they were, I had to say, well, where's that hosted at? And it was some weird configuration, but a lot of times if you just say, look, Mr. Web host, Mr. Blue host, Mr. Hostgator, whatever, um, you know, here's my old feed. Here's my new feed. I need a 301 redirect and they can set that up for you. So, yeah, as long as it's an Apache server, you can use a, a HT access file, even if there's not one there. Yeah. You can put a 301 in there as long as you have ftp access yeah awesome whoa we got really nerdy there that was <laughs> yeah that was it. all right well I'll, I'll get out of here uh, uh, before the dogs start fighting again. i was gonna say how's how's the new beagle still doing he's getting big oh he's doing good he's over there fighting with the with the uh, uh, dog we're babysitting so. excellent all right well <laughs> make sure they don't kill each other i hope not all right man thanks for coming yeah. in yeah good seeing you mike yeah. But that is quick. I it's I, I now know that when I click that X, Mike is gone. Just like that. So, Jeff, you, you reminded me to look at. I haven't looked at Google Play in a while, and uh, you know to go out. Yeah, yeah see if there's because I know Play. they give you stats if you go above ten. At least in my travels, I've seen if I do um, above ten downloads. And um, let's uh, let's throw this out. Jeff Perry is in the uh, the chat room. And I'm going to be interviewed by Jeff. Jeff, help me. What day are you interviewing? But he's, we're going to talk about podcast success. And we've kind of been asking people, how do you define podcast success? Because some people think it's just money. And Is mm-hmm. it tomorrow? Okay, cool. And uh, how would, if somebody said, like, Jim, how do you, Mike, with, with strengths finders and things like that, besides mm-hmm. the fact that you're now an award-winning podcast. I just measured it, right? Yeah. I mean, that for me, uh, winning awards or we check our stats and our numbers. It, it's interesting. This is a good question because I have two different worlds that I podcast in. I have an enterprise world, my work world, and then I have a 
own gadget geeks, which is my tech fun. And I have two totally different definitions of what success is there, where the Gallup, um, the, one of the definitions is numbers. I mean, that's a business. It's ROI. Are we getting value out of what we're doing? If I'm spending somebody else's money on time to do this, well, I better be able to produce an ROI for it, right? That's just the way it works. So uh, we check our numbers and our stats, and I produce those every week, and I show them to the executive staff and those kinds of things to kind of justify my existence. I never checked. I don't really even check numbers on Home Gadget Geeks. I haven't looked at my Google stats number. Well, there's zero, by the way, on Google Play. Um, every once in a while, I go, hey, are we still at the thousand or two that we do in the show? And I haven't moved. Those numbers haven't moved. But I get really good audience engagement. Um, that's what I really want on Home Gadget Geeks. So, Dave, it's easy for me. I've gone through that exercise and said, work is numbers. Home or hobby is engagement. That's how I define success. Yeah, for me, you're right. Different podcasts means different things. When I see somebody join the school of podcasting using the coupon code SOP free, that's the wrong coupon code. Uh, listener would be the one for the school of podcasting. SOP free at Libsyn uh, would be great as well. Um, that's always a bonus. Um, I know I did a, an episode once on building a better Dave that was called um, Congratulations on Not Making the List. And it was about going to a high school reunion and the fact that they start off every high school reunion reading the list of people who are dead. And it's kind of like, wow, I'm not on the list. Yay me. I'm not, you know, but it's a, it's weird. We all cry and it's kind of a weird way to start the thing off. Um, but I talked about growing up in Akron and, you know, I, I said all these very extremely specific things to growing up, coming down triplet Hill and seeing the Akron sign and blah, blah. And I had so many people that listened from my high school reunion that said, man, that put me into tears. So the fact that I, I moved them and I got to think or somebody said that was really funny, uh, blah, blah, blah. So that's to me, anytime I can make somebody laugh, cry, oh, there are a lot of hills in Ohio. He's being sarcastic. That's yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so um, weekly web tools, when I hear somebody go, hey, thanks so much. I was thinking about buying something and that really helped me out in that whole nine years. So they all have different measures of success. But the the one I think that nobody really thinks about that usually no matter what podcast you're doing are the relationships that you build. That's the big to me on the wall behind you. Exactly. Yeah. So and this guy, oh man, I can't wait. Uh, Kale Nelson does uh, uh, the ham radio 360 just started a show with his son who I'm going to say is six. Oh, such a Norman Rockwell moment. And he's talking about how his big brothers are sometimes mean. And, and uh, it's funny. He goes in uh, there because he's Kale is the co-host. And he goes, and, uh, and I'm dad. He goes, but uh, you could call me Kale. And, and his son goes, okay, Kale. And, and he goes, that seems a little weird, doesn't he? He goes, yeah, that's real weird. So it's, it was just so adorably cute. And I'm just going, I'm fast forwarding 10 years from now when, you know, um, it's called, uh, help me, Mylan in the Middle, I think is the name of it. Something with an M. And uh, I'm just picturing when this kid is now, like he's bringing over the first girlfriend. And dad goes, let me play you this, you know, and because uh, my grandma was famous for busting out naked baby pictures. You'd, you'd bring over your first girlfriend. Oh, look at sugar. And she my grandma was the kind of person would like squeeze people to death. And then she's like, look at me, show you a little picture. Like, look at this little dinky. You're like, no, my grandma, no dinky pictures. So no dinky. Pictures. Yeah, it's like, come on, grandma. I'm trying to impress her. And you're SP, you know, that that's your a clamor moment. That's a, right there, he's he's going to be busy with clamors with between. He does a nice job. He does a nice job. He's on a, that. Yeah. 
He's so, inspired me a little bit to to clamor more. Yeah, because I yeah. listen to those. I do, and I'm always like, I should be using. Uh, I see those. I was driving home the other day, and uh, let's see, who was it? Somebody said something. It was oh, Rich Hay, who does Windows Observer, had had been talking about Windows 10, and you can still activate if you have Windows 8 and Windows 7 codes. It's still working. Anyways, that's significant. So I stopped the car, pulled over, stopped the car, got on my phone, got on Clamor, cleaned that all up, and posted it right away. It was one of those things. I knew if I got home, I'd forget. So um, that that's perfect. So SP, you've been inspiring me to uh, to Clamor a little bit more. Uh, speaking of questions we've answered before, but we're going to throw this one in anyway. This is from uh, Baxter. I must have copied and pasted this wrong. It says Baxter Baxter. So I, we'll just call him, I don't know, Baxter. And it says, uh, I'm new to the community. This was from a Facebook group and new to podcasting, uh, producing, not listening. Looking for some advice on podcasting with an iPad Pro, Chromebook. I hear that a lot. People want to podcast with a Chromebook. They're cheap. They're cheap. That's yeah, why. Pretty old MacBook, an iPhone 6 Plus. Um, a blue Yeti and various other parts. Do I need a mixer for this setup or does someone uh, have a suggestion as to how I set this up? And then he says the key phrase here, it will be a multi mic podcast. And that answers that whole question. As soon as you say multi mic, I'm assuming people are in the same room with you. And if you, that's, you need a mixer. That's the definition of a mixer. You, if you have people in the room with you, you need a mixer. If you're going to be playing, you know, sound effects while you're doing this, you need a mixer. Um, that's the definition of that. So, and I just emailed him back. I'm like, here would be my advice. Number one, lose the blue Yeti or get very, very close to it. Uh, and you're going to need a mixer. And unless I said, if it's multi mic, if it's people via Skype, then you don't need a mixer, but that's it. If you have people in the same room or you're going to be playing sound effects, yes, you need a mixer. If people aren't in the room, you're calling people over Skype. You can get away without a mixer. There are different software programs you can use to record Skype. I would probably still get a mixer, but you don't really need one. That's more of a want in that case. But uh, we get that a lot. But um. SP mentions you could do multi USB through Spreaker, and that is true. The challenge in a room mm-hmm. is is latency, and mm-hmm. so if you are not if you're not in a mixer and you can't, you know that in a mixer coming in that there's zero latency with everybody in the room, uh, and so but once you go USB, like you go through Spreaker and you're going USB, you cannot guarantee that that route on the internet is going to be the same for everybody or that there's going to be not going to be any latency in the room. Or this is the hard part is that you're hearing that you're hearing this bleed over from other people's mics. And so it gets, man, it gets super, super complicated. It can be done. Absolutely can be done. It just gets really complicated and you better test it. And once you, once you have it working, you better not touch it ever because it's, <laughs> it, Dave, you know this, it's hard to replicate some of those kinds of things. You know, it's kind of like stand on your one foot and tap your head while you rub your tummy kind of thing. You just need to, it's, it can be done. Uh, you're going to test, 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 test to get it. And I, I have found to what you're saying in a room, and this is what we do at Gallup when I bring folks in, in a room, just smart to bring everybody in the sound on a same mixer. Now I bring their video in on different that can like we use Google Hangouts and mm-hmm. their video is coming through a PC, but everybody in the room, the sound, the audio is on the same mixer. And that just is a lot easier to control and I get a lot better. And I can also mute like as a producer, I can also mute people. So if I know I'm getting some bleed over from somebody else's mic and they don't need to have it on right now, it's right there. Just turn it, you know, just mute them right that, there. A lot, a lot more, yeah, a lot that, easier to produce. That is the one thing I like about this mixer. We were talking before we hit record today that I'm ready to dump this mixer. It just has way too many bells and whistles for what I need. 
but I recorded um, a bunch of executives from NAM, the you know the the people that do the NAM show. They were in Cleveland for the uh, Republican convention because they're going to those people trying to get money for music in schools. And so I was recording five people at one point, and I had them all around different tables trying to get them kind of separated from each other. And there was still a, a fair amount, even though this room had sound baffling up in the the it was really high ceilings, but they had sound baffling. But nonetheless, there was a lot of bleed over. And I, it was really tricky because I had to really pay attention. But it, as soon as somebody started answering a question, I would hit mute on all other channels. And the minute somebody sounded like they were almost done with their question, I would unmute everybody, see who was going to talk. And then once that person asked a question, they were kind of off to the races. I would mute everybody. It was kind of tricky, but I had to really pay attention. But it just saved me a lot of hassle later trying to get the roomy noise out of the. Uh, yeah, it's a challenge. That's that's where rooms need to be treated, and you need to have a little bit. And you know, you're adding multiple mics in. Uh, you're just it's a different scenario, and so you're going to have to work one mic in a room is hard. Um, now you inf- you you multiply that exponentially the difficulty level as you add multiple mics in. How they're pointed, what direction they are, what kind of mics they are. You get a bunch of really sensitive, uh, non-dynamic mics in there, condenser mics. Yeah. Oh, then you're even, I mean, because they are picking up everything. And so it's just, it's difficult to be able to, I mean, the pros separate things and sound treatments and there's a lot of things that go on. So good luck. Yeah. Daniel J. Lewis over at the Audacity to Podcast is going to be making his own sound um, panels. He, he was talking about it on his last oh, episode cool. on how he, he found a couple uh videos of people that were using towels they make their own sound baffles and just yeah. it's basically like speaker mesh in a frame and then they're using just you know go to whatever and get a 60 cent towel and throw it in there and it actually uh has been um shown to to kind of do some of that and there's a mirror test where you basically have somebody walk i think just around with a mirror in any place you can see the the microphone in the mirror that's where you need to put a sound baffle I've heard of that. Daniel was the first person that explained how to do that. Cause I was like, I could see somebody just moving the mirror like and pointing it at you. And I'm like, no, I think the mirror has to stay like against the wall. And when you see the microphone or whatever the hard, cause my hardest service is right in front of me. It's the monitor. In theory, I should have some sort of sound baffling here to, uh, to battle that. But uh, so um, yeah, that's if you're doing live, I know, I had two dynamic mics when I did the podcast with my ex-wife and I was amazed at just being four feet from each other. And I just was like, okay, you know, I have noise gates on, I have a couple other things, but in the end it was like, I'm going to have a little bleed. I can, I'm going to have to live with that. So, um, the other thing I thought we could talk about, it just was interesting. Todd and Angela over at Blueberry put out, this is over at, uh, powerpresspodcast.com. And Mike, you want to tell those guys, put a link to like blog, on Blueberry. I was looking for this this morning. I could not find it. I had to go back into Slack where, where uh, Todd had pointed me at it. Um, they need like a blog link on uh, on the Blueberry site. Um, but one of the things I thought was interesting, he says podcast applications, because he just goes like knee deep, way well, yeah, neck deep into stats on how things are consumed. And the one stat I thought was interesting, podcast applications um, account for 85% of consumption. So the whole, I was trying to find out like how many people actually play things on a website and that makes it sound like 15% are, are playing on a, a website. I'll have to dig in a little deeper to, uh, to read that. But I know I was contacted by somebody this week that launched another 
player, uh, some sort of WordPress plugin. And I was just like, the year of the player, we called it. Yeah. It's like, here's, here's another one. And it was like, totally called it. Yeah. But it's good though. I mean, you know, even though those numbers are smaller, right. I think Mm -hmm. we've determined that it's, you still got to have it and having a nice player is important. You know, don't obsess about it, but having a nice player is important. They're pretty. <laughs> Ooh, look pretty. Well, it is one of those kinds of things. You know, I've on mine, I've, I'm using that kind of standard player. It's just the black, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's something to people clicking on things that look nicer. And I don't know if that necessarily looks that great. And so, you know, do I get it actually looks better on uh, mobile than it does in the, on the Web. But, you know, it's. One of those things I think from time to time, do I replace my player if I can if I could do it and do it in a way where I, I can put it on and it replaces all the players. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might think about doing that. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a great question. That's the thing with, uh, I use Hanny's simple podcast press. I think that's the name. They're all so very similar name. It gets, that's confusing. the one I use. Yeah. Simple, and, po- simple podcast press. Yeah. And the thing I liked about it because I was using PowerPress before it replaced the player on every one of my posts. And I was like, that was, that made life, uh, a whole lot easier that way. So, yeah. but uh, Mike in the chat room says uh, you'd be amazed at how many people are very picky about mm-hmm. their players. So yeah, it's, it's something I see a lot of. So, well, and there's, we, we've moved into an era now of where there are speed indicators on the players. Mm-hmm. There's 30 second f- f- front and back on the players. Awesome. Sound. Uh, we talked to those guys uh, a ways back. They've got a really nice embeddable player that comes right off their site. If you're using Awesound, you can just then pull their player right into your right into your page. And they have a really nice one that looks good really on both um PC or web and mobile. So there there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff with it. I'm glad you said that because I was trying to remember the name of that company. Mm. Um I was out walking and I'm like, you know what? I never really went back and did a deep dive on those guys and uh haven't heard much from them. You know, I haven't changed much. I, I, I upload every once in a while to them just to kind of keep track. And it's the same. They're doing the same things. There are some folks I've seen them show up in the Facebook groups who are using Sound and have A-W-E-S-O-U-N-D, right? It's what we're talking about, Sound. They're a, they're a host provider. Um, I've heard people talk about it uh, and, and they really like them. So it, it's another option if that's what you want to do. I find the interface, there's a few, and I should probably contact Mark about this. There's a few little tricky spots in there where from a UI standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. You're like, what, 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 what? You know, I, I got confused. And if I get confused, it's kind of like you know, the average guy is going to get crushed. So yeah. I probably have, I should probably send him a note. Yeah. The, the one thing I wish we had on the Libsyn player that we don't is we don't have a speed control. You can, you can fast forward 30 seconds and you've got the subscribe buttons and things of that nature. Um, I think it's a must today, right? I don't, I we're just need, used to it. Yeah. I think you need to have that now. I think before people were like, that's a little weird, but I think the early adopters have pushed everybody. And now I'm hearing from a lot of folks when they're listening to their podcast. In fact, we recommend this on the Gallup podcast all the time because the number one bit of feedback we get is, Jim, you make three hours of professional development for me every week. I don't have time to listen to it all. You know, that's a great problem to have, by the way, right? Your audience is saying, I, we have great stuff and I can't listen to it. Off. So we always say, listen to it on YouTube at two speed, if you want, or Stitcher has, you know, we, we're on Stitcher. You can do that as well. Or in your podcast player, many, pod, uh, many podcast players support multi-speed options. And so that's, that's kind of the advice we've been giving them. It was really weird, Dave. I've been listening to most of my podcasts about 1.5 speed. And the other day somebody played some music in it and it sped up the music and I had forgotten 
that I was listening because it sounds weird. You know, right. the music sounds, you're like, well, I know, I know that cadence, but I'd been listening to the voices so long at 1.5. I couldn't, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was fast to me. Right. So the longer you do it, your brain kind of adapts to it. And, uh, and you, for people who naturally talk fast, it does really make them a little almost, you know, if they're already talking fast, yeah. it's a little frustrating because yeah. it, it does speed it up indeed. Yeah. I, uh, I was listening this morning because most of the shows I listen to release on Monday and usually by Friday, Saturday, I'm through that list. And I looked up and I've got easy mm, 10 episodes all about podcasting that I've not consumed yet. So I was just like, I, I put it on like two plus on overcast, by the way, Jimmy Fallon uses overcast. He let that go a couple nights ago. He was talking to um, somebody who has a podcast. I forget what it was. And he's like, Oh yeah, I listened to it. And he goes, I, I, I use an app called overcast. And I'm like, there you go. Jimmy Fallon should, uh, if I was Marco, I'd be like yeah, writing that in. Um, but, uh, Clamor that for sure. Exactly. And it was like, you know, some of these, but it's amazing after a while. Now I can't do that first thing in the morning. My brain just isn't that alert yet, but a lot of times I'll start at like one and a half and go up to two. And then all of a sudden, uh, and especially depending on who it is. Yes. Uh, this is hilarious. Daniel J. Lewis says Jessica Rhodes outro song becomes like an indistinguishable can hear. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the outro song. I love Jessica. I love Chris over at uh, Podcast Engineering School. And uh, and here's the thing. This is where you can do whatever you want. Both those people have an emotional tie to those outro songs. With Jessica, it's her brother's band. With Chris, it's a band he produced. But I'm really kind of, for me, when those come on, skip, skip, skip. It's usually three or four skips will get me through that. But uh, there you go. Uh, hey, hey Dan, Dan makes a good point, though. He listens to comedy. It's tough when you change the timing on comedy. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, doesn't always translate. Exactly. Hey, we should uh, mention here, man, time flew today. Yeah. We're um, I, hey, I'll have a, I have a something called the millennial uh, WAP for the post show. So if you want to stay around for the post show, we'll, we'll talk be, about the millennial WAP. We'll be we're talking a little gear today, I think, in post show. Oh, sweet. We'll be talking about that. Um, but I uh, want to thank uh, Alan Meisner, uh, Stargate pioneer from uh, betterpodcasting.com. Um, uh, Alan is at older.fitness and yes, it's a dot fitness, not a dot fitness.com. Barry Kessler from Barry Kessler.com. Joshua Rivers from creative studio dot Academy. Uh, Frank Brill and Dale Henninger boys. I said this last week, let me know what your websites are. and I'll be happy to uh, plug them. And, uh, next week we'll be thinking all of our, uh, awesome supporters. I think that's how we're doing that this way. Let me see here. Yes. So thank you all very much. And, um, you can see all of our supporters over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And I, you know, I, I kind of work with a business coach who said something and he said, you know, Dave, uh, you don't plug your stuff enough. And I went back and listened and I'm like, yeah, I don't. So if you would like to join the school of podcasting, go over to school com and uh, use the coupon code listener. And the other thing you'll notice that I'm going to mention now that I'm not mentioning is the fact that right now it's closed. But in the future, I may be losing that format. I'm, I'm contemplating a couple of things on that. But if you uh, go to sign up now and it's not open, uh, just sign up for the newsletter because it will be open soon. And uh, use that coupon code listener and save a bunch on uh, the fee. But we're here every Saturday. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Find Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Find me at SchoolPodcasting.com. 
And uh, thank you so much to the chat room. If you're here live, hang around. We've got uh, some live. We've got more show coming, but we cut it off here after an hour. So we'll see you again real soon with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.